What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Sports Science Podcast. My name is David, PhD student at Loughborough University. And I'm Matt, head strength and conditioning coach within rugby. David, what are we doing here today? Yeah, good question, Matt. Well, we started this podcast to share the highs and the lows of our journey as we start careers as sports science practitioners. That's right. And we are excited for all of you to be following us side by side through the mud, sweat and non-paying volunteer (laughs) roles. Yeah, Matt, that that sounds personal, but it's not just us. We've got some amazing guests that come onto the podcast as well, including sports scientists, practitioners, athletes, coaches. We'll be getting their perspective and learning from their experiences to help us grow in our current careers as well as in our current roles. Yeah, that's right. So, hey, if that's up your alley or you just want to come and learn alongside us, we'd love to have you come along. So whether for the first time or not, welcome to the RSS podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to uh, episode two of series two of the Real Sports Science podcast. We have got our first guest on of this series, Josh Berniston, or as most people call him, Bruno, uh, personal trainer, CrossFit level one trainer, level three personal trainer, (laughs) trains at three different gyms and and two of which have the most confusing names that I've ever seen of gyms. I had to I had to Google how to pronounce one of them. Zinc fitness i think that's right or zinc's fitness the second one i don't even know how to say it saint unique or unique fitness we'll have to get into that later and crossfit lester i uh, also a crossfit athlete doing quarterfinals made its quarterfinals european championships sid uk championship or strength and depth champs um i think you also headed up the bfg series crossfit comps as well uh, last year uh, which is which is cool you joined brainstorm athletics as a coach uh headed up down where is he where is he now where where is he based down south in london somewhere uh hertfordshire okay, okay. so yeah so joined that which is which is pretty exciting and most recently and probably most notably did 12 marathons in 12 consecutive days uh, to raise to raise support for a friend who passed away recently, so um, just unbelievable that. But Josh Bruno, Josh Bruno, saying it like it's your last name. <laughs> That's perfect. I might change it one day. We'll, we'll welcome, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you on. We talked about it for a while, and it just hasn't hadn't happened yet. So really excited to have it actually um, get down get down to business here. Uh, yeah. No, thank you both for having me on. I appreciate oh, it. I'm really excited. Look forward to chatting. Yeah. So, so first off, uh, you have to tell us how you got the nickname Bruno. <laughs> um, so basically, um, while back doing CrossFit, I was like one of these guys who thought I'd make the games in six weeks after watching the Netflix documentary. And then went there, soon realized that oh, I've got no hope. But I was one of them where I bought everything, got all the gear, and then I bought a CrossFit um, open top because I signed up to do the open after like a couple of weeks of being at um, my old gym, BFG. And um, you could personalize the back of the shirt. And it was quite late at night. So I thought everyone used to call me Berno when I played football. Um, and then for whatever reason, as I was putting in the text, put Josh and then put thought I put Berno. And then the top arrived and it, it said Bruno on it. And I was like, oh God, what's going on here? So I went back on my emails, checked it. And then, yeah, I, for some reason I put Bruno on the back. So I, I'm thinking in my um, defense, predictive text just changed it to Bruno. And then, yeah, everyone was like, why have you bought a top that says Bruno on the back? And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then, yeah, just stuck from there. Yeah. As far as like getting nicknames is concerned, I think that's probably one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. I don't know, Matt. Have you heard any any yeah. other? That's that, and the fact that it sticks so quick is really funny as well. I mean, yeah, there's not much you can do about it. It's always it's already set in stone after you've done something like that, so you can't really change it. Hey, <laughs> no, no. I think the thing is now, like I'm recognised as it is like sometimes worse, and it just reminds me of like the mess up I made basically. And if if that never happened, then it, well, I guess my would never be called it. But. Yeah. I guess it's quite nice and it's a good story to tell. You could have heard on like the big mic someone shouting, let's go Berno at the competitions, but now you're just going to hear yeah. Bruno. It's just going to fuel you even more in your competitions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. And, it, and it comes out, it sounds quite nice, I think. So we'll, we'll, we'll stick it for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it's not broke, don't change it. 
I don't think I've even heard this this either from you because we've known each other for I don't know probably a couple years now, not probably a couple yeah. years. But it's always been true. When did you come? When did you join BFG? Yeah, I was. It was um like the end twenty one end maybe? of summer twenty one. Yeah. 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 So. Because I remember, obviously, did you come with Hayden? Yeah, yeah, I came with or... Hayden and our friend Alex, who we did the Masters with. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was like, I remember, I still always say this to Hayden, but he came and um, we had like a comp the next day. So I was like, oh, I'll get him in on the comp. Right. And then I was like, I saw him do the comp and it was like a three rep max deadlift or something. He did something silly, like 250 or 270. And I was like, if this guy is 21, then I am quitting CrossFit. <laughs> And then found out he's a little bit older, which I felt a little bit better about. Yeah, myself. thankfully but, Hayden's a dinosaur. Yeah, I think that's so. where. <laughs> uh, he's a monster, though. He, he, I remember him coming, and I was like, oh, gosh, yeah. like, this guy's a beast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, no, about two years. Yeah, two years. But it's always like training and stuff. So I, usually when we're down there training, we're yeah. just yelling at each other, not really not really um, talking about our life story. Fucking <laughs> yeah. But, but like what, 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 what has your journey been to this point in terms of CrossFit? Um, yeah, let's start the athlete first. Athlete Bruno. And so, then we'll go to coach Bruno. Okay. So, um, yeah, from the age of, well, age of six, um, I played, well, I started football when I was four. And then at the age of six, got um, scouted for Leicester. Um, didn't end up getting took on by Leicester and then played for like my local team again for like another year and then got scouted by Nottingham Forest. Um, so I was at Nottingham Forest Academy from eight years old till 16. Um, and then unfortunately didn't get offered a scholarship at 16. Uh, and then went on trial at several different clubs. Um, I was a bit heartbroken at the time. I was like, oh the dreams over as such. Mm -hmm. But, um, and then, yeah, I got the opportunity to sign a scholarship at Cambridge United. So I lived down there, left school, obviously finished GCSEs at school and then moved down there at 16, um, where I did two years on a scholarship and then unfortunately didn't get a pro contract at the end. So that was the end of the, the fitness journey as such in terms of football. Um, but, to be honest, it was like, I always say this, things, like I had setbacks throughout that. And during my time at Cambridge, I actually got injured um, during my first year. So I was out for around eight months. And then that's kind of what got me into the gym. Because anyone who knew me before, like my brother always said this, but I went to the gym with my brother when I was 16 and I hated really? it. Like, abs- yeah, absolutely hated it. Like, I was always always been quite a school uh, like a tall skinny lad. Were so you going like, with your brother though, who's thought, like a unit as well? Like my brother exactly, was and it, a massive <laughs> unit. I wouldn't want to go to the gym either. <laughs> but that's his like his goal was to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was like the polar opposite <laughs> of that. So I was like, I hate this. But no, nah, to be fair, like when I got injured, that was kind of the incentive of like, oh, I'll go into the gym, try and build some upper body strength. Um, and yeah, it kind of ended up, I really got into it. And then I spoke to a guy at the club who ended up helping me get my personal trainer qualification because I kind of had that realization of I can't play football. At the time that with the injury, they were like, we're not sure if you're going to get back to full playing capabilities. Um, so I was like, oh, I could do something in the gym. I enjoy pushing other people. I enjoy helping people. So that's kind of where the inspiration to start coaching and PTing came from. So as much as the injury at the time, I was a bit like down, but it's actually like now, if I look back, it's what made me get into coaching as such. So I'm quite privileged to have gone through it as such. Yeah. I mean, like just, just to point out something from the beginning, it's, it's mental. I don't know what your views are on it, but like it's mental to think like from the age of six, you got like scouted to play football. It just seems like such a, I can't remember what I was doing at six, like rolling around on the floor or something, but yeah, that's that's ridiculous from the age of six already to be put in such an environment where there's, you know, and then I guess the pressures going through, I don't know if you faced any pressures going from six to, well, to the end of your season. I think, yeah, like, I think now I always say this, like, if I ever had a kid, I don't think I would let my kid go at six 
or like eight or ten, I would let them probably go. If they were good enough or they got scouted, I would let them go when they're a bit older so they can make the choice as well. Not like, I'm not saying my parents made me do it. My parents have been super supportive through all of it. But I was kind of like, I guess at six, I didn't know what I was doing. It just felt like, right, I was at this club and I had some incredible experiences. I've still got some good friends now who have made it professional and they like, but I kind of realized as I got older, like you say, there was a bit of pressure on it. You'd get like coaches or older men and they just, basically it was their opinion if you were good enough or not. And I guess kind of that's what made my decision on it because I'll never judge anyone, like especially in the fitness industry now, if anyone wants to come to me and improve themselves, good on you. And I'm not going to say you're not good enough. And I think that's how football is. Like it's a very tough industry to be in. And I saw it firsthand. Like I went to, when I got released at Forest, went to like a trial day and there was over like a hundred kids all in the same boat, all trying to find a new club. And it was a, it was an experience I'll never forget. I can't lie. No one really talked to each other. Everyone's like, and then like, well, fast forward now, I'm in like CrossFit or like functional fitness style gyms and everyone talks to each other. It's completely different. Like if you're last in the workout, no one will care or people will cheer each other on. It's a very different side and I'm quite proud now. Like I'm not involved in that, if that makes sense. It is like that. That's something I noticed. Even when I was coming to Loughborough and getting ready for like the rugby tryouts, I guess like once you've finished with it, once you've just finally hung up the boots, you realize, wow, like it sort of builds you up on like a false promise in the sense that you're going through these different stages, like, oh, I could make it. Oh, there's one more string I can hang on. Like, oh, I could make it. And then it's just everyone's like dog eat dog world in, in the sense that like everyone's just fighting for that one position. Sure, and yeah. once you're out, you're like, actually, think about how many Premier League teams there are, think about how many players are on those teams. I think about it, how many people there are in England, Europe, you go on a bigger scale, it's like, oh, Jesus, the, the ones who make it, it's, it's ridiculously like, and all they need is just a bit of luck. Say one coach is like, oh, I like, I like, like he's turned up in the kit today that I like. Brilliant. That's already got him one little point in his mind. It's, you just realise there's so many different factors playing in it. But once you hang it up, that's when you really notice, I feel. For sure. Especially when you're so young. I didn't realise that they scouted at like six and eight years old. That's mental. Like the ball doesn't even Oh, you see in Loughborough. Like the ball doesn't even fit between your legs at that point. Like, it's like the ball comes up to your hips. What are you supposed to do? It's it's crazy. I didn't realise it was no, but so... see it in Loughborough. There'll be like tournaments where Crystal Palace, Man United, all these teams will come in for like a little tournament. They're like under eights or something under tens and just fully decked out in gear three coaches walking in and it's like it's like the champions league final the way they treat it it's scary but i mean yeah. it seems to be working at the end <laughs> i don't know how else you'd change it or if you could but yeah yeah and then you got like these six-year-olds who obviously idolize anyone in whatever you know uniform that they're in that's their favorite team so and then you, and that would be difficult as a parent as well like if your kid gets chosen for this like the kid's obviously over the moon and thinks now because, you know, he's signed with this team or whatever or got scouted by Man U when he's eight that he's he's going to be the next Messi or whatever because he's like he's yeah. six years old. Like that's what you're supposed to believe when you're six years old. And then for the parent to like go along with it, that'd be tough because then what are you going to say? Like say no to your kid. And I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they don't really understand it, but just in the kids' eyes, be the worst parents in the world. <laughs> you know? That's crazy. Yeah, that's a th I think that's the thing. Like, I, I remember at school and, like, when I was, well, 15, 16, I would miss a day of school to go and play football. And I guess my parents were always really good and my brother as well. Like, always, not like, I would never, I'm not really, I would never be big-headed and say, like, oh, I play for this club or anything like that. But I definitely, I've seen that. I've coached in schools and seen young lads who've been approached by clubs. And you kind of, you can get the impression it's like they get that mentality of like, in, then if you play in a school team, it's like, oh, but this guy plays for Leicester. And the people like make pressure on it. Yeah. And that's what I found hard as a kid sometimes is like people would see you as this like, like, I don't know guess like athlete or whatever like oh he can play football but deep down I was just like nah I'm just more of a person than 
I'm not just a footballer. And that's what made me realise now, coming out of football, there's so much more to life than just training four times a week football. Like, if you lose at the weekend, I remember I used to be so upset and I just think, why? It's just like a game. But obviously, it's incredible. I love, I've had some in, like, I'll never, never regret anything I did in football. And like I say, some of the people I met, some of the privileges I had was incredible. But yeah, if I was like, now, and if I had kids or my, like, I wouldn't be rushing them to get involved in that st- um, environment straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe wait till they're yeah. seven or something, at least. <laughs> yeah, at least then they can make their own thoughts. Yeah, then throw them away. <laughs> then throw them in. I mean, not away. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So, so you said you hated the gym. Um, yeah. And, and before we get on to the coaching aspect of things, I did want to bring up the twelve marathons in twelve days things. Um, because that's that's yep. incredible. Just yeah, talk. How did that come come about? How did you come up with that idea? And and what was what was it like? Um, so I don't know if you know. I did one uh, about well about three years ago. Was that back back the, in like during, three during marathons COVID. in a day. Was that the one? Yeah. So I did. Yeah. So I did three in twenty four hours. Right. Um, and then, yeah, kind of whilst I was away in Canada, um, obviously visiting your, your home nation, which was very nice. Um, on the way back, I don't know, I just kind of had a thought. I was going through a bit, of, like a bit of time where, I don't know, I was a bit feeling sorry for myself. A few things happened that, like I say, it kind of got me down. But then I just had the thought. So a friend of mine, um, Andy Peel, lost his life last year in Jan and he was 30 he had a brain tumor and battled it for like three and a half years and seeing how strong he was through his treatment and the things he had to like overcome and constantly remain positive. I wanted to do something to basically show how strong he was because no matter what I was going through, when I put like perspective to it, I I, I was fine. Like I've, I've got my health, I've got supportive family, like good friends. And I was like, if I can raise some money to the charity that um, him and his family and his mum, Linda, they, they've raised now, I think, with, with the money I uh, raised, raised nearly 43000 wow. um, for the charity. Um, I didn't raise that myself, but like, I made a contribution to that, which, again, now, like thinking about it, it was worth every single moment that I had to go through to hopefully help someone in the future with if they are going through it and I hope they're not, but hopefully they've got some support with it. So, and yeah, the charity brain tumor research, which is like a a very, very good charity. And I've got to know quite a lot of the people involved, which has been nice. So, Mm. but yeah, sorry. So I set out to do 12 marathons, 12 days, um, alternating between a run marathon, a row, a ski erg, and then the bike erg. So the bike erg, I kind of used as a recovery day as such. But... Matt's brain is just exploding right now. <laughs> Eight reps for 10 cows on a skier will finish me for the day. <laughs> it, to be honest, the ski I was dreading, um, but it was actually okay. Like three hours of skiing. I don't, the thought of doing that now, I, 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 I was saying this the other day, I went for a run last week, did like four miles and I thought, how the hell did I do a marathon? I don't know. But but just at the time, the training, to be honest, really helped me through a dark time. And like I say, to the support I had throughout doing the days, there was no real, I think, obviously asked how it went. Um, it went really well. I found the first like two sets of each. So I'd like obviously alternate them. So when I got to like the last set of each, the last run, I really struggled. Um I think just mentally, I was kind of like, I knew I was almost there because I found the runs the hardest and they were the longest. Um, So like that, I'm very good once I set my mind to like a target. So if I was to run a marathon, that was the target I'll I'll, I'll complete it no matter what. But with that, I was like, I'm close to finishing this now. But the thought of still running four hours was like, oh God, I don't know if I got this today. Um, It's like when you're doing doing a CrossFit workout and, and it's like, for five rounds and you're on the third round and you're just in that's it you're yeah in the, you're in the trenches <laughs> you're already struggling yeah, yeah. that's it yeah. but 
but yeah, like I, I, that was probably one of the best days I've ever had. I put that out on my social media, but I had support. People ran with me from, like I say, fortunate to work in three gyms. I had all them communities come together, which was like really nice. And then, yeah, like met in like the local pub after, which I like necked two cokes straight after finishing, which was uh, probably the, that was the incentive for like the last hour was like get to the pub and have a coke. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so it was an incredible experience. Um, so looking back now, I, I don't really know how I did it. I had to, so I had some help with a, a guy called Dave Smith from a gym I work at in town. Um, he helped me with my nutrition and I've not eaten another energy gel now for life. I think I'm done with them. Uh-huh. I was having about six, <laughs> six a day. So uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those aren't great. Yeah. Those aren't great. And I can only imagine what it's like got- eating six of them every day. Oh, is it? So on the last one, like I say, on that run as well, because I'd got like a box of flavors. It was like a variety pack. Yeah. And I kept putting off and one of them was chocolate. Oh, and I was God. like, I don't want chocolate. And then the last, the run, I was the only, one, only ones I had left. Oh. So I was running along like gooey chocolate. It was like, oh, this is not the Just one. Just like sticking but, to your throat as you're trying yeah, to breathe. Yeah, literally. I thought you were gonna say but lemon. Yeah, no, was, I thought um, you were gonna say lemon because I've had some biking and I always, I always leave the lemon to last because those are just a true. To be fair, I had some funky flavors. I had like salted caramel. Oh, wow. um, like yeah, it was, it was, it was a bit of an experience to be honest. But yeah, I won't be having any again for a while. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still stuck on that skier. I'm just thinking of ways I could bypass it. I might just wrap <laughs> myself around and then keep jumping and falling and get back up and then jump again. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt's also just started CrossFit just for this podcast, so he knows what a skier is. <laughs> nice, love that. Yeah, yeah. Ski erg, ski was probably the worst. To be fair, the row, my bum was so like numb, mm. just sitting down. I think my hip That's why the ski was so slightly tight. better. Mm. Sorry, what, what were your hip flexors like? Um, so with the row and uh, on all of them, I tried again. I set myself a target not to stop. So like I wouldn't get off the rower, I wouldn't stop on the ski. Um, so the the worst bit on the rower, yeah. Once I actually stopped, it was more like my abs because I'd been like oh, crunched yeah, over yeah. for so long. Like and the ski one, I won't forget. Like you know, do you know Cam Allen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, David, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he came and did one with me, <laughs> and he finished the ski, and I'll never forget. It. He got off and he was like wobbling <laughs> around because he'd like been disoriented <laughs> for so long. Um, but yeah, no, like I say, in the support I had, like my mate Matty ran over 60 miles um, on the runs. Um, like Brian came and did a whole ski marathon as well. Just came down one day. I was like, I'm going to do the whole thing. I was like, love that. James Stewart as well did um, one of the skis with That's me. That's really cool. And then, yeah, like I say, the people at, um, I had people from Zinks and Stunique and BFG all come down, which was, which was lovely. So, but yeah, I raised, uh, I think over 8,000. So, yeah, thank you to if anyone is listening and who's, who donated. Thank you very much. Awesome. So appreciate it. That's heaps. So. Um, yeah, I, I just don't even know where where to start with that. Like, how do you get to the point where you can run one marathon and then run three in twenty four hours and then run do like twelve with different variations? Yeah, I think that was the thing. Like when when I I'll, I'll be honest, when I first suggested I wanted to do it, I said to my brother. I'm going to do it as an advent calendar. So I do 24. And he was like, you're stupid. Probably. Like, you can't do that. And I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, I can, I can. And he was like, nah, do 12. At least that, that is like insane itself. Um, but yeah, I don't know, to be honest, because I think once I, st- I really enjoyed running last couple of months, like leading up to it. So I was kind of getting back into that and a new, I could run a marathon, but I didn't. That was the one thing I was worried about was the impact it would have the next day. Um, but as David knows, I've trained, uh, I've trained at a very like intense place for a long time. So it was like, if I can get through some of the workouts I've been through throughout my life, I can yeah. keep getting through this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just more like physically, it was obviously very, very demanding, but it was more like the mental aspect. Mm. So I got in a bit of a routine. I'd finish one, get back, ice bath straight away. Um, and then I think once I'd done one, I knew I could do it again. Like as much as it would suck, I knew I had a rough idea of how long things would take. And um, and yeah, 
I, I don't know. I don't really know like how it like mentally now, like I said, I feel like obviously buzzing that I did it, but I don't know. I could have done it without the support I had. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that. What, was there a time at, yeah, you alluded to a couple of times? So maybe the answer is this, that, but um, was there a time in it where you were like, this is why I'm doing it or do you know where you thought back of like, this is why I started this or this is why I'm doing it. Was there a moment that you had that while you were in one of the days or, or multiple of them? Yeah, I think like every day, like um, each time, every not like every single time, but yeah, that would always be on the back of my mind why I was doing it. And then um, the last day uh, had um, Andy's mum actually come and do some of the bike with me. And um, I don't really cry, but that made me cry at the end. Finishing it, I think I was a bit like like overwhelmed, yeah. like I'd trained for something for so long had Linda next to me and yeah, it was um, one of the moments where I'm quite happy I cried because I don't usually, and it was just like, I don't know, that sense of like achievement was done, but more for like to get his story out there because I say for that to happen to anyone and to put into perspective, like my brother was 30 this year and it just kind of hit like hit home to me that that shouldn't happen to anyone. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like, each day it was like, right, that's, that's the goal. Get it done. Yeah. And, um, while you're down yeah. your fifth chocolate gel, <laughs> choking on that your was it, chocolate yeah. gel. <laughs> <laughs> it was so thick. It was like, oh, every time. <laughs> oh, that's really, really cool. Um, yeah, I guess it's just one of those things that you hear of people doing and not only, I mean, there's some crazy kind of feats of fitness that people do, um, which is just, insane um but but when someone does something for something else other than just to do something crazy uh to hear the story is always is always very very cool very inspiring so that's really 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 cool thanks for sharing that um no i appreciate it thank you so I don't know how we, I mean, there's no smooth transition from that. I was really trying to think of one, but (laughs) (laughs) there there isn't, there isn't, but, um, it, um, I got one. You mentioned you, you work at three gyms. Boom. There you go. Uh, how, how do those gyms like differ, differ from each other? So there's, there's CrossFit Lester, right? Um, Zinc's fitness. And how do you say the other one? Uh, Stunik. It's Stunik. So I'll, 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 I'll clarify on this. So the, the owner um, is Stuart Matthews, uh-huh. um, lovely guy. He is, so his name's Stu and then it's unique. Right. So like as in Stu unique, right. but hopefully once I've explained that, yeah. it makes more I got, sense. I got I the, that before. I got the like, unique Stu. part, unique yeah. fitness, but I just didn't know yeah. how the ST was it. Is it like, Oh, I just didn't know. So yeah. Like his name is short is would Stu. be Stu. Stu. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, what, what are those, what are those places like? How, 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 I guess, are they similar? How are they different? Um, what do you enjoy the most about um, each of them? So I think the thing I enjoy about most and like why I wanted to reach out. Um, so I joined Stu's last year. Um, so I've been there about a year now. Um, Zinc's reached out to me around, well, last July. And then I've only, just this is well my second week at CrossFit Leicester. Um, I love the variety. I think that's what I like most is firstly, I get to meet loads of different people, train loads of different people. So like each place, what I've found is everyone is quite similar in like why they go. Everyone's got similar backgrounds, whether it be like rugby or football or not doing any sport and but yeah, CrossFit Leicester, um, like I said, I've only been there two weeks, but I'm loving it so far. All the people have been like very welcoming. So that is like more traditional CrossFit style work- workouts, what I've experienced so far. Um, so a bit like I say, the focus is more on um, the methodology about CrossFit in the classes, testing benchmark workouts, like the, the girl workouts and such, um, and like tracking your progress so they were like a like an app that they're all members all keep scores of like their i don't know back squat front squat etc um and then at stunique yeah it's um like i say i've been very 
grateful for all the support I've had there, obviously through like we just spoke about, but that's more of a functional fitness style place. So they do kettlebell classes. I myself, I do like, um, they call it like a heat class, but it's like a high intensity, like endurance style class. Um, and then Zinks is, so Zinks actually has two gyms. So it's Zinks and Nick's. And then Zinks is like a similar style to um, Stunique as in like functional fitness style classes. Um, so I coach um, like training stuff there and like a, they call it like a camp class, which is again, like endurance based. Um, and then they also have like a bodybuilding gym, which is um, across the road. So they have like two areas that you can use. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're all fantastic. Like I say, the people that I've worked for now, um, obviously under them, very well organized places and yeah, like really good communities in each one. Mm. Uh, that's really cool. And I guess like the, 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 um, the variety is, is cool. We we're talking to somebody recently who was talking about, um, working at a school and how that kind of forces you to change your coaching. Well, I, and Matt coaching it coaching at a school as well with like so many yeah. so many different um like needs students. yeah so many different students who have different yeah. needs who play different sports and forces you to like learn how to uh develop i guess your coaching styles in a way that you can like switch from one to another depending on depending on who you're with uh, and i'm sure for sure uh, yeah you would you would say say the same um to that yeah um so the series that we're in uh yeah is goal setting which is which is i don't think you could pick a cringier series to go for at the beginning of the year but we wanted to do it i guess a little bit differently in the sense of like how do people set goals not only for themselves but um like how do you set goals for the people that you train um so that so yeah. that would be i think to dive into that a little bit um it more of like for the people that you train depending who they are you know you you have someone who's a weekend warrior or someone who's you know a, a grand a, a grandparent who just wants to be able to play with you know their, their grandkids or you have someone who's trying to be you know more of an athlete and do competitions and stuff like that and so um is there a difference that or do you do you approach goal setting for those three people differently it doesn't have to be only those three people but the different kind of populations that you come in contact with um i guess for for one-on-one pt because you don't really i guess goal set for classes or or the people that you have then as well uh with your work with brainstorm as well like yeah in those different populations do you find that you kind of approach them differently in terms of goal setting uh, yeah. So like alluding to what you just said about obviously like, like Matt, I guess with his, um, like students, I've kind of adapted my coaching and learned to be myself. And I think sometimes the best way to do that is know who you're coaching. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what I love most about it. If like you are just saying, if someone wants to come to me and wants to do 10 muscle ups, amazing. If someone wants to come and just do get up and down off a chair, 10 times that that's kind of like where I knew that's what I wanted to do. And, um, so yeah, so I would obviously make the goal then or talk to them about creating a goal or I don't really personally go too in detail sometimes with goals just personally, because, and I've experienced this myself, so I contradict what I'm about to say, but if you have such a number, so I used to have it with a snatch, like I had a number in my mind that I wanted to hit. Whenever I'd get near it, I'd mentally crumble and like couldn't do it and just rely on trying to hit that goal and it'll always go away disappointed, if that makes sense. Okay. So what I would suggest personally when I work with people is have a goal in mind, no matter how big it is or how small it is, like and try and make them more realistic so whether it be right that's your goal for six weeks rather than sometimes setting a yearly goal because as i've experienced once you don't achieve something you then can have a negative impact then on your training Mm. and what i suggest to anyone and what i always try and pass over to people is 
you train consistently, whether it be once a week or twice a week for your life, that's better than training for a year nonstop and then having two, three years off because the comeback is obviously quite hard, but that's just my personal view on it. I want to try and make people like healthier long-term than having like sometimes such a fixed goal that if they don't achieve it, it can then set you back and not actually continue to train personally. But mm-hmm. To be fair, building on what you've just said, even achieving that goal and then some people, it's easy for them to go, okay, what's the next thing? But some people sort of yeah. relish in that achievement stage and then be like, oh, well, this is what I wanted to achieve. I've worked so hard for it. I should be able to enjoy that now. And then in turn, that might yeah. set them back even two steps further. Um, but then I was just wondering, so as David said in his first question, it's like, how do you goal set differently? Like, How do you try and make them make those choices differently when you've got someone who's, okay, look, I've come to, I want to get stronger, lower body. They know what they're talking about compared to someone who's like, look, I've been forced to come here. I don't really want to engage or do so much. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. you know, how do you how do you combat that, or how do you make them make those choices, or do you have to make the choices yourself? Definitely. So I think I've had this um, recently, where um, working with people, obviously, like New Year, like like you're saying, it is a good time to start because so you can get things right, start creating habits. So I recently had a chat, sit, sit down with a, a client and kind of wanted to talk to them and say, right, let's outline what you want to work on and then let them kind of say things to me. I want to work on this, I want to work on that. And then I'll just be like, right, I think let's focus on one thing for now. Mm. Um, but then that's more like, so I'll be going off what someone's given me information. Mm. So like I say, someone wants to improve their Olympic lifting, try and focus on that. Don't worry about necessarily doing gymnastics because if you want to improve gymnastics focus on gymnastics and that's the thing obviously with crossfit is it's hard to do it all mm-hmm. um whereas i've got like say clients and probably this is more to hopefully answer the question where i've just given them a goal like they're not as educated with things so it's like some like say so some goals i've had with people is your goal is just to turn up like as simple some, as simple as that like soon as you get through the door, you will have a good session. Yeah. Don't let yourself like not come because then you, you're going to miss out on things. Um, so yeah, I try and always, like I was saying, I try and work it off the individual that I'm coaching and giving them hopefully an honest and realistic. I say this all the time when I like coach gymnastics as such, if I've had people come and they'll be like, I want to do a bar muscle up. And then I'll go, right, can you do a strip pull-up? Can you hang on the bar for 30 seconds? And then they can't do that. I'll have to, I'll be honest straight away and say, right, let's change the goal. Let's make the goal kipping pull-ups or obviously strict pull-up first before we add in like a kipping movement. Mm. And just, I think that's the thing. I, I personally, I do maybe things differently, but I wouldn't, I'm not really someone who would be like, come to me six weeks, I'll get you shredded. Like that's not how I personally would do things. I would like say, try and educate people in it's more of a, a life lifestyle thing yeah. as opposed to looking great on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, sorry. And, and from what, like, I feel like they could possibly come from a, I feel like I'm doing like a little physio, uh, physio, a little therapist, uh, <laughs> therapy session right now. But now I've, as in like, I feel like maybe through people who've gone through sporting careers or or not careers, but like journeys where they've, as you were like in football um, scholarships going through and not able to make it, you've had to deal with brutal honesty or the brutality of not being able to make it professional. Like people who've, you know, sort of been in, in the ranks and then they figured out, Oh, it's not for me. And then they've found to find like a new sport to go into. I, maybe that's like sort of rubbed off on you and then you you're more honest with your clients instead of like sugarcoating me like look in six weeks we'll go like this like all these influence are influences are it's a bit different so maybe you can yeah. be more brutally honest from what you've experienced yourself and look it's no sugarcoating it'll be better for you in the long run if we just settle on one goal you can achieve that is realistic that is honest i was gonna talk um about what you think about uh people coming like oh i want to do 
they bar muscle up, but they can't even hang on the bar. Do you think that's that's very like a very unique problem with people starting CrossFit? Because I did I did that a little bit as well, where you come into CrossFit, yeah. especially if you're not really been into training in any sense beforehand and don't know what it's like to hang off a bar or pull yourself up. That it's like you see these people doing doing all these like kipping movements and you're like oh that's so easy anyone can do that you know yeah. <laughs> like classic Maybe. like someone yeah. who doesn't know crossfit it's like oh those aren't real pull-ups um but don't realize <laughs> like <laughs> those are so difficult as well they're not easy yeah. as soon as okay, as soon as i signed up to my first session i already messaged zach george telling him i'm coming for him it's all right it's easy <laughs> yeah. crossfit's easy <laughs> nice. i'm gonna nail it <laughs> yeah. no like again uh, definitely like i think Back to like your point there, like I I wouldn't like straight up say to someone like, nah, you're never gonna do this. Trash. Like I don't want to be don't want to be like but I just wanna be honest with someone and say like like it's it's not realistic now, that's not to say never, but having something more like like I always remember from like school and stuff, but having a smart goal as something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um where it's more realistic for the individual. But then, yeah, back to your point, David, like, I, again, I experienced all this. Like, so I went into a CrossFit gym thinking I was pretty fit and it was like, I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, and it just, it doesn't work like that. And that's how I do relay over now, especially when I do one-to-ones working on gymnastics or lifting, give people personal experience that I've faced. Mm. And I was very fortunate to, like say, learn off Zach, learn off another guy, Harmi, um, who are both like, they move so well in what they do. And I would like to say fortunate to learn off them. But like I say, now going forward with myself, I try and pass that information on in a way that can help the individual. Yeah. So like, like say if, if you came to me and you were like, I want to do bar muscle ups. And it was like, right. Have you ever kicked before? It's like, right. Maybe go, maybe go kipping pull-ups first, chest the bar, then muscle up and have like a progression with yeah. it. As opposed to being like, yeah, I'm gonna get David a bar muscle up in six weeks, and then yeah, see you later, mate. Matt's writing <laughs> all this down furiously. <laughs> right, so Kippy, yeah, I know he's just all. lying to me. He's lying to me to protect me. <laughs> he's from, lying uh, to you. Yeah, yeah. You got lying. that bar muscle up by Saturday for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but if it, uh, honestly, if you do, amazing. But like from experience, I was the guy who wore lifters to do handstand pushups, so I've been been that guy. Like I was like. The coach hobby at the time was like, Why are you wearing you them doing? doing that? And I was like, I thought they were CrossFit shoes. Like, <laughs> I've been that guy. So I've learned like it's it's been a very good experience. But yeah, I think like I say, with this obviously topic, like making someone have something that is relative to them and it keeps you going. And I'll be honest, like I think like individually, I always have to have something to work towards. Hence, like the marathons, it was like, right, I'm not doing CrossFit at the moment. What can I do to keep me motivated? And that's why I like competing because it's like, that's my, and again, think more just from my football days. It was like, right, train twice a week. you got a game on Saturday so you can put your training into practice. And that's why I say to people now is if you don't want to compete, that's absolutely fine. Like I've experienced several competitions now where I put a necessary pressure on myself, but what it helped me massively was is having like a I call it like a game so like when I'd go and do a comp that was the game and if I do something not great then I can use that now to work on and work on weaknesses from that match as such and I had very good experiences of that like the first comp I did it was you had to do 30 double unders unbroken and I don't know if you saw my crossovers attempt last year David I don't think I did Oh no! Well, the coordination with the skipping rope was terrible. It took me so long, and like I stood there, and the guy that like, you had to do thirty and broke, I couldn't do any. Everyone was trying to teach me outside, and I was like, "I'm not going to learn these in five minutes." Let's be honest. And then just stood there for like twelve minutes, and that I was like, "Right, this is probably the most embarrassed I've ever been." But that made me like fired up to like write the next comp I enter. I, I might not be great at them, but I can give them a go. And that was kind of like to the goal. Yeah. Like, so that for me at that point was like, right, that's my goal. And then, yeah, I've had it over years where then my goal in CrossFit was 
I want to be able to do every movement. I might not be great at anything and I'm definitely not great at anything now, but I can give it a try. Yeah. And that was kind of like the incentive. So mm. Yeah, that that is cool. I the the last question that I had in in relation to like clients and stuff. You mentioned yeah. there like some people are super gung ho because it's the new year, da da da. <clears throat> How do you deal with the with those types of people who they tell you their goals, you want to do this, you want to do this, and where you think like we need to pump the brakes here a little bit because you know this is going to go great maybe for two months and then you're going to burn out or or so they have or they come and they want to do crossfit they want to learn how to snatch and they want to learn how to you know do thrusters and then all the gymnastics as well like how do you deal deal with those people in you know your sit down or or whatever goal setting um however you do it to to kind of rein them in pump the brakes and then get them into trajectory that they're feeling good about and not just like oh well i have all these goals that i was excited about and this guy's just dumping them on on them all yeah, I think that's that's where I like say I'll I'll be hopefully very like sometimes try and think about that because like I said I've experienced all of that like people are probably like laugh at you and think like oh he's never gonna be able to do that or that goal's like silly but try and be honest with them and say like I personally just from experience I think have this goal for now and then like I was just saying it might not be realistic straight away but you can work towards it um but i think again like managing that has been so i I have that sometimes where in classes for example say someone puts a weight on the barbell and you just see it and you think right i don't think that's going to be the best but that's what i've learned over years like if if an individual wants to do that and i know even if i say like right i think you should lower that weight they'll carry on anyway just kind of learn over time but yeah, I, don't know. I guess it's a hard one to to answer in the sense of I want to be a human at first. Like I'm not there to dishearten anyone, but just from my experiences that I've had, and I've, like I said, I've had some good ones in that sense where if you do something or you get so set on it and you don't achieve it, it can sometimes be worse than like basically saying, right, slow it down a little bit. Think about the long-term, like, or like, I had it with certain things where I rushed into things, got injured a little bit and then couldn't do it. Mm. And it's like, ah, actually, if you miss two weeks or three weeks of training, that's going to be worse than like, right, slowly progress things. And then you might get there in. And I try not to put timelines on things as well, because I feel like, again, if you've got a timeline, then you're constantly working towards that. And if you don't get it in that time, because things happen in life. You might not be able to train for a week. Some it might happen and you can't get to the gym. Don't let it then be negative and think, oh, now I've only got three weeks to achieve the goal and stuff like that. But again, just from my own personal experience. I was just going to say, so like say if we've got a goal, I think you already touched upon it, but say if we had a goal like to, as you said, um, I want to do a muscle up and I came to you and I said, okay, I want to do a ring muscle up. I can't do a strict pull up. Um, and then you said, okay, well, let's do a strict pull up first. And I said, okay, but I really want to do a ring muscle up. Like, how long would it take me to do that? You could give me, would you give me a time frame and then say, look, let's just nail this first. And then, in once we've nailed this, then we can work towards that one. And then, second question on that we love would be the double yeah, if you, yeah, the double <laughs> question, it always gets difficult. Um, how would you help someone through a period, say, if they couldn't get that? strict muscle uh strict pull up in that given sort of time so say four weeks and they still couldn't get that and then they were oh but i really want to do that how do you keep them going keep them motivated keep them coming back yeah so i think um i might have to re-ask one of the questions um but uh, it's fine it's a standard thing on here (laughs) (laughs) i think yeah so i would try and so if they didn't have a strict pull-up, obviously work towards that goal. In times of like timeline, again, hard to sometimes say because some people might, I've done stuff with people before, you give them one bit of information on things and they can just do it. And it's like, oh, actually I could do that where I didn't think you could. Where there's other people where, and like I think David said this earlier, but if you come from no training background, 
it's sometimes quite hard. So I've, I've noticed this with clients over years where if they've got no foundational strength, then it's sometimes harder, especially with gymnastics, because you've got to build that upper body strength it's like first. like me and my calves, no foundational strength. <laughs> um, I'll join you on there, brother. My calves are non-existent. <laughs> Bit better after the three-hour ski, though, to be honest. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, so back to that point. So with the ring muscle-up, I would still try and get them doing alternatives. That isn't a full muscle-up, of course, because it probably wouldn't be achievable then but still try and show them that there's like exercises that you can do that will help you towards that. So whether it be like ring rows or false grip ring rows or like transitions on a band or working towards dips and things like that. So hopefully they'll see there's progressions to it, but some of it might take time or giving them like say, right, get that strict pull up first. So you've got a bit more foundational strength to help you then when we look to progress into a muscle up but so there's many different factors that I've experienced throughout that where like I say and if you work on something so much you don't want to spend all your time on that sometimes mm. so I always try and say maybe spend one session on that a week a little bit and another day but then also try and make sure you have sessions that you enjoy so like if someone enjoyed a fitness session don't stop doing that because I've done that with weightlifting where I wanted to improve it so much that I stopped doing everything else. Mm. And it was kind of like, mm, my weightlifting's only got a little bit better, but everything else has gone completely downhill. Yeah. Um, so I hope I hope that answers the question. I realize I, I mumble a lot, so I apologize. <laughs> no, it's good. No, it's good. I think it's so interesting what you're saying about, like, because you seem like timeline comes up quite a bit. And I'm sure is like a PT that comes up all the time because people often have like, I have a goal because I want to be shredded in the summer or I've got a wedding in August or whatever it is. And what you're, what you're just talking about then of like really staying away from, uh, timelines, no matter kind of how persistent they are. It reminds me, Matt, when we were talking to another guest, um, Tom, Tom Swales, he's a physiotherapist. And he was saying, um, when when a client or he's talking about like kind of building culture in his physio uh um, office that he owns um and building a culture of like knowing what's expected and it it kind of just reminded me of that because you're saying and he's he said like when a client comes in they're asking for this and this i say this is what you can expect and this is what will happen like this is what i will bring to the table and these are things that i won't do and these and yep. equally these are the things that i expect of you and if they have a problem with that that's totally fine um but it probably won't work out here and and then there might be somewhere yeah. else where it works out better um so it just reminded me of that of like being really i don't know rigid isn't the right word but like i guess having those um like core values um yeah as, like, and as i've I think that's right. And I've said this now I've had like, when I first started out as a PT, it was like, Oh, how much like money can I make? And like, I want to be as busy as I can be. But then looking at it now, like say in that example, if I had someone ring me tomorrow and was like, Josh, like I've seen you on Instagram. I want to get ready for my holiday. It's in six weeks. Can you get me looking like, like, like this guy and shows me a photo or, and it's like, I'd have to say personally, I can't do it. I haven't got any availability. And that's not because I don't want to take that on. And I'm sure that they could look in great shape. But for me, like you were just saying, my core values is I would rather train someone for once a week for the rest of their life than train someone for six weeks and do like three sessions a week and like really drop their diet to like an extreme value where they end up not really being that healthy and I feel like that all just kind of relates. And if you change everything so suddenly, it usually doesn't help because then you think, ah, oh. and if you don't get results, then you think, what was the point? Yeah. So that's my, my personal, like I say, personal view on it. Yeah. And like you were just saying, I, I had that example, like when I got injured, I was like, I want to know how long I'm going to be back. When am I going to be playing? And it's like, when I think back, it's like, 
how how could they tell me an exact date like <laughs> it's not realistic because yeah. things might happen yeah. you might not be able to do a certain exercise on the way back and similar with training like I've had it with people before where it's like if you wanted to set a timeline and like I think I just kind of said this but say two weeks you you were ill like super ill you couldn't go to the gym it's then like you've just lost two weeks don't be too hard on yourself mm. because you couldn't physically train so why worry about having like oh I've only got two weeks now till this this goal I've set like runs out so that's just like I say that's how I'd personally approach it and if I'm educating someone or coaching someone that's how I'd like to do it personally mm. yeah and I have one more question uh, that I thought of. Um, yep. I said it was my last question. I lied. Do you, do you, cause it's new years and people have new year's goals and stuff. And it, I'm curious whether, uh, over the course of your coaching career, uh, going through several new years and new years kind of pushes and resolutions, whether you've, yep. you've kind of found, um, trends, over the years with clients of like specific times of the year or like specific specific events that happen where all of a sudden people struggle with their goals where where even where now you could even as a coach look ahead and be like oh march is coming around the corner it's time to really like bump up the motivation dial or whatever or this person had just this happened in their life from experience i know that that's going to follow with this so i need to do x have have you noticed that yeah um yeah so i think like as a general like january is usually like especially like coaching classes not necessarily one-to-ones but coaching classes you see a lot of new people think oh it's new year i've got to get into it like a gym now or um but more on a one-to-one basis yeah like if i get to know the person and like say i'm lucky to have some incredible clients who I kind of know their life, know some roughly what they go through. And I've had that with people where say their work might be stressful. So during that time, it's like, right, let's try and motivate them to keep the training up so that they've got some as a release from their job or I'd say usually summer as well. It can be a lot of pressure on like got to, and like I was just saying about the holiday thing, but Mm trying to make sure people like because that's all i want to install in people is confidence whether that's how they look how they train like how they feel mainly um and again like we well i said earlier but to the client because if i've got someone who's like say coming to me just to improve their their lifestyle Mm. then not putting too much pressure on training Mm. because it should be fun and not feel like a chore um Whereas if it's more like someone who wants to be more of an athlete, then I've got to be like realistic and be like, right, if you've got a comp coming up, then let's try, let's try to step it up a little bit. Like again, depending on who it is. Um, so I hope, I hope I answered that. I don't know. Yeah, no. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, yeah. We, Perfect. we really appreciate you coming on. It's, it's been great. And before we close off, uh, yeah. we've talked about goals. So what, what's next for you? What, what are kind of your goals as you look ahead to the year, uh, kind of in, in your own athletic development, kind of taking a step back from CrossFit and doing kind of more hybrid style training and what's, what's coming up next for kind of your coaching? Um, so the goal this year, um, as cheesy as it is, is to enjoy my training. That's the goal. Um, so yeah, for years I've put so much pressure on mm. trying to, and again, I've said all of this on this podcast, that's how I coach people is don't put too much pressure <laughs> on or like, but I've been through all that. And um, so yeah, the goal this year, like I say, enjoy training. I've got some um, team competitions coming up in Feb, um, doing turf games with uh, Nick's gym and then some guys from BFG as well, which I'm really looking forward to. I saw Just go on and have some fun. Instagram the coaches have yep. some incredible pictures on there. Holy smokes. Oh, really? You guys look like the A team or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's the coaches of the gym or if it's like, that's your turf games team. You guys mean business. Oh, no, no. That, that, that was for a competition Holy that they were smokes. running. And that, that was quite funny. They asked me to obviously be in that. 
And I was like, yeah, why am I? In you this? got it, I Matt. You, the least athletic you, you, person ever. Oh, that's that's a lie. That's <laughs> a lie. Matt, you need to go to Zinc's Instagram account and see, you'll know exactly which it's like moody lighting, down lighting in the gym. They look like like the suicide squad or something. It's intense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I cut Fair you Fair enough. Off. I'll definitely have a good look later. <laughs> Late night, 2 a.m., just underneath the bed covers. Have a little <laughs> <No>. peer through. <laughs> just zoom no, in on like Josh's face. <laughs> You can tell me later. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, like I said, lovely people. Um, but yeah, in terms of that, I would like to work towards doing a CrossFit competition later in the year. I've always said I'd like to do um, one abroad. Mm. Um, nothing like I say. I just want to go and experience like a two or three day competition and kind of test myself again with that. Um, but yeah, and then coaching-wise, like I said, now I'm obviously fortunate again to be working in three, back in a CrossFit-style um, gym as well. Um, so yeah, I just want to keep progressing as a coach. Like I said, I've learned a lot, been fortunate to work, uh, obviously, at BFG before and learned so much there and, like I said, valuable, the things I've learned. And I just kind of want to now just keep progressing as a person as well. The end goal will be I would like to have my own gym, but... Again, not putting a timeline on it, so I'm, I'm waiting and seeing how what life throws at me. Yeah. So, so when are you gonna? So, do you have a timeline for when you're gonna hopefully achieve uh, the <laughs> start of like enjoying your training? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, this is the thing. Um, I hope I'm gonna enjoy it the whole year. So, I guess that's the timeline. Yeah, but, um, yeah. How do you measure? We'll how do you measure that? Not it's like session. June. Have I enjoyed training? <laughs> just I one day. I just one day. A, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did a workout today with like an email with thrusters, and then I thought, well, I'm not enjoying this whatsoever, <laughs> am I really? Yeah, but yeah. I did enjoy it after. <laughs> and it was like doing it with everyone was wicked. But yeah, no, um, I guess, yeah, that's it's kind of a hard one to have a timeline on. But, um, but yeah, I think it's that, just that's more that's like the, the, the pressure of it, isn't it? Like it's easier to enjoy things. If, I've got if you've a, taken a the realistic goal, though. If you if you ever want to cut catch me up on it david what is it i would like to play at wimbledon next year next year come that's on yeah that's the goal no, I'm joking. <laughs> in yeah not I did, we, we delve in a bit of tennis yeah. but yeah me and my mate matty have been playing we're, we're on it now Are you? so left it yeah yeah i've seen i've seen I'm a like few stories Alcaraz. of it at the loughborough indoor courts so you're taking it serious heading indoors for the winter not even not even just in the summertime that's it. Yeah, a lot of double faults, but we're getting there. <laughs> they don't count. <laughs> they don't count. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's scary going in there. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you've gotten the better of me the both times that we've played tennis. Um, but it's scary going into that tennis center. For me, it was. I went in once, and like, there's some people absolutely snapping <laughs> the ball around in there. Yeah, maybe me, me and Matty, literally the first time we went, we were like, oh my God, what have we done? <laughs> like, everyone's like, literally like watching Djokovic and Federer next to us. Yeah. And we were like, we are in the wrong place. Yeah, I'm, like, but, I'm just going to no, underhand, sir. We're slowly up in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's crazy. It's good. Oh. Right, we... Matt, can you play? <laughs> yeah, no, no. The fact that I didn't say yes to that quickly, no, I can't. I, I used to play a ton of tennis um, when I was growing up, yeah. but then just stuck with rugby team sports so I could blame someone else. <laughs> nice nice that's hilarious say we get some doubles on the go David yeah yeah I'll, I'll stop practicing yeah. we'll, we'll, practice. we'll go the RSS podcast versus you and Maddie. we're called D-Generation X D-G- they got a name already so are you going Wimbledon go. in teams then or, or singles well it depends if, if Matty can keep up with me you know, he's, he's getting better than me now I'm only joking he's better than me now um, I don't yeah. believe that no I was only joking about the tennis <laughs> I, I just enjoy tennis as a as a very amateur that's that's what I'm keeping that as yeah yeah oh. just stick to being a CrossFit athlete <laughs> anyone can be an <laughs> athlete say it's that. fine yeah that's it Right, we got. We no, have a- one last thing, uh, which is quick fire questions, which we always do with uh, our guests. So Matt, Matt takes this one over, and it's just five well quick fire questions, which can rain, range from what's your deepest fear to um, what color would you be, <laughs> or would you still nice. would would you still love Matt if he was a worm? 
<laughs> okay. So he's only he's thrown that to me once before. So <laughs> yeah, and you like, answered the question wrong, David. Or like normal worm. <laughs> yeah, crossfit worm, not a chance. <laughs> oh, never <laughs> get bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Matt, if you don't have anything else to add, we'll go quick fire questions. Okay, first question: What time do you usually wake up in the morning? Half five. Holy! No. What item is worth spending more money on? Sorry, and I say again. What what item is worth spending more money on? Like, if if you were to keep like buying something, what would you buy? Like, oh, least um, use for CrossFit. Uh, um, yeah, I guess CrossFit shoes because you get oh, a lot of wear. Sorry, I realised it's not very quick fire. Apologies. <laughs> they never are. No, so what are you most looking forward to? Like in life or? Yeah, yeah, in life. Told you some of these questions, deep questions. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, I guess enjoy spending time with my dog. Uh, that's probably up there for me. Uh, <laughs> would your 12-year-old self think you were cool? Um, I'd like to think so. If I saw myself at 12 now, I'd be like, oh, he's... He's a lot bigger than he was then, so <laughs> I guess maybe nice. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sweet. And then, lastly, what motivates you the most? Uh, I guess made my family proud. Mum, dad, oh, brother. Yeah. Sorry, a bit cheesy, but that's that's what that's, <laughs> that's my, heartwarming that's way to end that is, that is, that <laughs> Sorry, that's a great last question. A great last answer as well. Yeah. Well, Matt, we Matt, <laughs> Josh, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, for anyone listening who wants to send josh a dm to get personal trainer training or uh or jump into one of the classes as jim jb functional fitness is your instagram handle right j letter j letter b functional fitness um and 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 yeah we really appreciate you coming on uh taking your time after a busy work day i'm sure late in the evening to to come on and have a chat with us too so really really appreciate your time josh and let us let, no, thank you for having let me. Let us on. know when you're when you're playing tennis, and we'll come we'll come throw you around the court. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> no, nice one. Thank you both. Yeah. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks.